Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. Before we dive in, have you taken the diet personality test yet and gotten your results? If so, I would love to hear from you and tell me what you're learning from the information that you got from the quiz and what we have sent you so far. If you haven't taken it yet, what in the heck are you waiting for? The information is in my show notes. Click the link, take a few minutes and answer the questions. It's that easy. All right, today I'm going to do something that I don't usually do. Most of the time on this podcast, I don't talk about the how of weight loss. This is on purpose. Most of you listening to this podcast have had some success, although usually temporary, losing some weight. And while I firmly believe that the way that I teach is the best way out there, you may not agree. And that is okay by me. Surprising? Maybe. But Those that want weight loss while having a healthy relationship with food and focusing on improving their body image and mindset will come and work with me in my programs or one-on-one. And if that's not the goal, then it's a deal breaker for me. I am not a supporter of weight loss at all costs. You are all in on the healthy mind, body, soul or nothing at all. It's more than a financial commitment. It's an energetic one. It's an exchange. And I commit my energy to your success as well. Members of Unstuffed, Unfiltered, and Masterful, as well as my one-on-one lovelies, get a lot of personalized attention and coaching along with their strategies. I pour into them. They go deeper than a podcast ever could. But I want to be able to help as many people as I can, but maybe can't or don't want to work with me. So today's episode is going to be sort of a finale to the series that I've been recording about why weight loss is so damn hard. Now, that doesn't mean this is the last recording. I will be back. But I just kind of want to put a bow on this. And up to this point, I've talked a lot about mindset and emotion. That is going to continue on every episode forever. And today, I want to take a little detour and talk about the how of weight loss. If you have been a longtime listener and you know that I focus on habits with my clients, then you probably already have some ideas about what I'm going to say. Creating and breaking habits that support your goals long term so you don't have to rely on things like willpower or external circumstances that feel like they're out of your control support from others, or knowing the right information that comes from some sexy new fad diet or an influencer is the key to success. I am all about the habits because the people that I work with are all individual human beings or whole ass humans, as I call them. We customize their experience to ensure that they're working on the things that will help them become the most successful without wasting time on things they don't need. But even with that level of customization, there are some things that are just basic and foundational. Have you ever heard the saying that you have to learn the rules before you can break them? Well, a lot of that applies here. The basic and foundational habits may not be exactly what everyone needs all the time, but they are definitely a great place to start. 
The foundational habits are the habits that teach you to work with your body in a way that is kind, loving, and respectful, and they meet your needs for energy, nutrition, and pleasure. Those are my requirements. The first thing that you should know is that there are no off-plan or banned foods. There are no lists. There are no labels for food like good versus bad or healthy versus unhealthy. I don't tell you you should eat more of these or less of those. It's important for you to decide what you would like to eat. This is such a confronting question for people who have relied on external sources to dictate what they should and shouldn't be eating. As soon as they ask themselves, well, what should I eat? And they switch the question around to, well, what would I like to eat? All of a the sudden, they can feel a little bit lost or really excited. It's kind of a mind-blowing thing because it's not something that they've spent a lot of time asking themselves. They've spent a lot of time following rules or reacting to restriction. What do you enjoy eating? And keep an open mind about how you're choosing these meals in the beginning of your hunger-directed eating journey while trusting that over time, things will probably change. If you spend a lot of time depriving yourself of food that you enjoy, and you might have some fear around introducing these things, or you may want to overdo it in the beginning to a point where you are physically uncomfortable for a while, that's just part of the normalizing food process. So you can plan on experiencing some of that. With that in mind, the first thing I have people do is to introduce foods that trigger them. If you want to learn more about what defines a trigger food, well, I have a podcast on that. You can scroll back through the last season of podcasts and you can find the podcast episode named Trigger Food Troubleshoot. It's all in your head. Then... I want you to eat them in a way that allows you to be present. I ask my clients to do their best to eat their meals seated, plated, and undistracted. These are technological distractions. Your kids don't count. Although kids can be very distracting, so try to at least occasionally bring your mind back to what you are doing while you're eating your food, what experience you're having. That's it. We ask you to start your meals and eat them in an undistracted, present way while fully enjoying whatever the fuck you want. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, I get a ton of pushback on all of that, but there's a reason for every single thing that I ask you to do. So many of us are used to ignoring our body signals. You may be one of them. You hustle, you work through them, you override them by eating emotionally or avoiding eating because it's inconvenient or because some diet said so. This practice in undistracted eating brings you back home. Another foundational piece is to wait until you're hungry to eat. Allowing your body to signal that it's ready to eat is a surefire way to know that you, guess, need food. Many of us are very disconnected from our hunger because we spend a lot of time picking and snacking for a variety of reasons. And that is often one of the most eye-opening pieces to the hunger-directed eating journey. Think about the name, hunger-directed eating. Hunger is directing you on when to eat. We could get into the weeds about mind hunger versus urgency, we could get into the weeds about mind hunger versus urges versus cravings versus actual physical hunger, but that's a whole other episode. For now, just know that hunger 
is a feeling you have in your belly. You may have other signals that go along with it, but true hunger is a sensation that happens in your belly. If you continue to snack and pick, you may find yourself very frustrated that hunger never comes or it doesn't come at the time you want. You cannot continue to be a snacker, a mindless eater, and be successful with hunger-directed eating. Hunger is the habit that I spend the longest time on with people that I work with because there is so much drama and baggage attached to hunger and dieting and sometimes childhood issues and things like that. It can take a surprising amount of time to reconnect to this very natural and normal sensation in your body and figure out how to honor it. For the more is better crowd, you might be tempted to get hungry and stay hungry for a long time. If a little is good, a lot is better, right? Well, don't do that. This is not the fucking hunger Olympics and you do not need a prize. It will bite you in the ass. Hunger is not an emergency, but you don't have to be ridiculous. Is experiencing any hunger at all terrifying for you? Well, there's probably something in your history that has informed that fear. Remind yourself, you are safe and you will honor your hunger when you experience it. I can go on and on about hunger and the benefits of experiencing it and how long you should experience it and how often you should be experiencing it and a million other things about hunger because it is a big topic. Like I said, it's the one where we spend a lot of time. But for now, I just want you to start thinking about how you can invite it into your meals. That's the habit. Get hungry, then eat. Now that you're sitting with your meal, your cell phone is lovingly placed out of the room and the television is off and you're enjoying the food that you used to claim to love too much to stop or even have in the house, and you've waited for hunger to eat it, it's time to work on the next one. Interestingly, and not surprisingly, it's the one you've all been waiting for. This is the habit of learning to stop at enough. In Unstuffed and Masterful, we use a fullness chart to help you understand your fullness levels and communicate them so that we can troubleshoot as you practice. Everyone thinks that stopping at enough is going to be the final key when it comes to losing weight. And it does have a role. After all, stopping means that you're not overeating at your meal. What I would still argue, though, is that the largest amount of focus should be spent fine-tuning your hunger. That being said, the two are peas in a pod. If you aren't overeating, chances are you'll be hungry at the times that you prefer to eat. With a little bit of work and fine-tuning and experimenting, you'll probably find a schedule that works really well for you. And if you're waiting for hunger, chances are your meals are going to be pleasurable. And if you don't allow yourself to get ravenously hungry or you don't eat them distracted, you will likely not find it too challenging to stop before you're stuffed. In the beginning, you may find yourself on the higher end of this fullness scale. You may find yourself on the higher end of the fullness scale more often than you would think or that you want to be. And it may make you question some of the hunger experiences that you had in the past when you weren't working on fullness yet. Do not overthink this. Just keep practicing one meal at a time and try to be aware at every meal. Those are the habits. Pretty unsexy, right? They're simple and boring, just like habits should be. The work is not in learning the habit itself. The work is in learning about the reasons you don't want to do the simple things, the excuses you use to talk yourself out of doing them, and why it feels so damn hard to work with your body. Think about brushing your teeth. It's not that hard. You put the toothpaste on the brush and you move it around. Don't skip any teeth. Get your tongue. Spit. Simple boring. 
but effective. The payoff is huge for that simple action on repeat every single day. The goal with habits is to create a simple system to get the job done. You don't want to have to think of every step to take or every decision you make in order to be successful. Food should be fun, easy. It should feel natural. But for so many of us that have dieted or been influenced by the habits of our parents for years, it can feel paralyzing. I hear person after person tell me that they just feel so broken, so afraid to trust their bodies. They feel like if they could trust their body, they wouldn't be in this situation, but that is not true. You can trust your body, but you have to reconnect to it first. Now, this is probably a good time in the podcast to say that I am not a medical doctor and there are exceptions and nuances to every nutrition conversation. So this is not medical advice. If you are under the care of a physician or other medical professional and you would like to try a hunger-directed eating approach, please take this information and have that conversation with them to see if it is appropriate for you where you are today. All right. Weight loss solutions often focus on how many vegetables you can eat, whether or not you can get enough fiber, if you're willing to count your calories or your protein, or if you're willing to use those little Tupperware containers that portion things out for you. Maybe you get a meal plan or a list of foods that you're allowed to choose from or not. And when you hear me talk about choosing to eat whatever you want, you may worry that all you'll ever want is donuts or chips or other foods that you have at some point deemed unhealthy or bad. And based on experience, I suppose it won't be too helpful for me to tell you that you won't always want to eat only those foods. But I just told you anyway. If you find it hard to believe, that's cool. I guess if you want to give it a try, you're just going to have to try and trust me. Side note, next week, I'll be addressing that very thing that I just talked about in a deeper way. So don't miss it. Just to recap, eat the foods you enjoy and enjoy the fuck out of them. Eat them seated, put them on a plate and eat them in an undistracted and present way. Wait until you're hungry and don't be ridiculous with it. Stop when you are physically satisfied, even though it is unlikely that you will be emotionally satisfied. Stop being a snack monster. Quit picking and mindlessly eating your face off throughout the day. I know, and you know damn well, that all those little extra bites and snacks are not memorable eating experiences, and they're adding nothing, but they are costing you a lot. They're taking away from your ability to connect with your body and allow you to experience actual physical hunger. Not just the sensation, but also the opportunity to learn to work with your body, to calm yourself down when you experience it, if it makes you nervous or afraid, to learn what appropriate hunger is, And when you are willing to experience it, and then you feed your body what it needs in a pleasurable way, you build trust. And that is amazing. I promised you simple steps, and there you have it. It has been my experience that even the simplest things can feel overwhelming at times. If this is you, you're not alone. Those are the steps we take, but the way that we take them is very strategic and purposeful. We do everything that we can based on what we've learned working with hundreds of clients just like you to ensure that we overcome the obstacles as they come up without overcomplicating the problem. There is no pass or fail. We teach you to keep going, to keep moving, to adjust, to adapt. So if you need some help, you would like to learn more about the Unstuffed program, be sure to jump on the wait list. That link is in the show notes and we will let you know when the doors are open again. 
we would love to have you. If you're ready to get started on these practices right away, be sure to take the diet personality quiz. That is also in the show notes. Find your diet personality type, get your results, and we will send you some very helpful information to help you take your first steps. You do not have to wait to get started. And lastly, if you would like to find out how we can work together one-on-one, or you have thoughts on this episode, ideas for future episodes, or you just want to say hello, drop into my inbox. It is always open for you. I love to hear from you. That is all I have for you today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do the cool thing. Leave a rating and review. It helps me so much more than you know. Please share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media. Make sure you tag me so that I can come and say hello on your page. And thank you personally for sharing my stuff. I really appreciate when you do that. If you have any questions at all, or you just want to drop into my inbox, I'm here. You know where to find me. See you next week. Bye.